Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a fascinating job. You'll hear about their personal paths to doing what they do, the skills required, and the tools they use for the job. I'm Laura Leoncini, and today my guest is Mauro Sponza, Director of Manufacturing at Michelin. Is engineering a must-have degree to work in manufacturing? What is a day in the life of a manufacturing director? Is it easy to find a job? What does the future hold for this industry? Let's find out together. Mauro, welcome to my Job Tales podcast. Today it's all about you. Thank you for being part of uh, my um, list of guests, very special guests. And um, please, can you tell me in one sentence or two, what is it that you do today? My main activity, of course, is to coordinate and manage the factories we have in Europe and uh, I would say bring them from the uh, from the actual situation uh, to the future investing not only in the process or in products but also in people and uh, I would say bringing Michelin Michelin Europe as a credible competitor not only today but also tomorrow okay so you do everything that has to do with manufacturing right so every anything that Michelin produces manufacturers in Europe it's your responsibility is that right yeah all the all the tires we manufacture in Europe yes the tires okay yeah because of course the company has much more but, but then you know how did you get to manufacturing you know it's uh, it's something that we hear a lot and uh, you know in, in, in a lot in, in the industry you know when you're talking about manufacturing and there is of course something to to be produced to be manufactured so factories and all that What was your first experience in manufacturing in your life? I'm a man engineer and uh, I studied at the Polytechnic of Turin. And um, after the military service, uh, which represented for me a real formative moment, I spent 10 years in a, to work in a factory, in a large plant in Italy, okay, it's uh, over 2,000 people, and in the production field. So I was hired as a workshop manager, okay, and I spent uh, the first part of my career in the plant with the, uh, increasing my responsibility or I would say uh, in the different uh, passages from workshop manager to production manager and there are two moments in my career that are say, sort of breaking up okay, the first one was in 2008 when I resigned and uh, I went to France to work for a smaller company always uh, in the in the manufacturing as a, as operation director of a, of a European business unit for four years. And, uh, and the second one uh, in 2019, when uh, I moved back to France and I took the role of a business unit director for, uh, for the company I work for. So I spent practically most of my life uh, working in, uh, in manufacturing and the German manufacturing because uh, at the end I was an industrial engineer, so it was quite natural for me to, I would say, to, to start to, to, to work in a, in a factory or in an industrial organization. So it brings me to one question, you know, my, one basic question, let's say, being um, not an engineer myself. And when you start engineering studies, you know, do you need to have already a specific idea as to whether you're going to be in, in an industrial engineer or not? Or is there like maybe a buffer time of two years or more where you can then choose and become, you know, when you, you see you get, you're good at something more than others? It's a good question because if, uh, when, when I started study, uh, the beginning of my studies, I, was, I had no idea. 
Honestly, I had no idea. So uh, I was studying as a mining engineer. Uh, my, my idea was probably to work for for some uh, platform, oil platform or, or something like that. But um, in what in which role was not clear. Uh, normally, when you start to study in, in uh, engineering studies, you, know, you think about uh, technical design uh, or research or something like that. But uh, at the end, during the last years, so the last two years, because of the crisis of the mining at that time, I moved from, uh, let's say, from a specific uh, sector as, as mining to a more open uh, sector as an industrial environment. So at that moment, it was quite uh, natural, as I told you, it was quite natural that uh, at the end of my studies, I was uh, to be hired from, uh, from an industrial group. So you studied a total of uh, how many years before you became an engineer? So I studied five years because it was uh, before the reform, so it was uh, five years long. And, um, you know, I did not take full advantage of my study at that time. This is my sensation. So I was uh, left a little bit with the desire to learn a little bit more. So in 2002-2004, I followed uh, one of the first uh, online MBAs. BBS, the Bologna Business School, and still 20 years later, so in 21-22, I obtained a second master's degree in business administration in the aviation sector. This is just to tell you that um, when we speak about long-life learning, it's, uh, it's today a reality. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. And was it something that, you know, your job was, you know, kind of inspiring you to do? Did you feel like you needed extra education for your present job or is it out of interest? It was at the beginning. So the first one, the first time was because I was motivated to accelerate my path in in the company. So I was interested in, I would say, having a wider a wider preparation concerning concerning the business and this of course uh, helped me in some way to to open the eyes to be more more open in my my journey and uh, this gave me also the opportunity to arrive to manage a business the second one was more specific because uh, i was not uh, so prepared in terms of uh, aviation so i was not my my specialty and uh, and you know aviation sector is very very Specific, specific. Yeah. yeah. So this is the reason why I decided to invest uh, one year in a, in a second in a second master. Okay, I see. You know, having spent now many years in manufacturing, um, what are the main skills that you have acquired over the years to do this job right? I would say that definitely the, the skills, the important skills, are more the soft than the hard in my job. Even mm. if it could be, <laughs> it could seem the opposite. <laughs> Of course, it's important to understand how a production process works, to understand the materials that are processed, to, to understand the flow, what are the parameters, the important parameters, the indicators, etc. But uh, I would say that all of this is useless if, in, in our work if uh, it's not associated to the ability to listen, to have an open dialogue, to empower the teams, to have the courage to make difficult choices sometimes, and to have uh, human respect. So for me, soft skills today are fundamental key success factor and key, I would say, uh, success satisfaction in, in, yeah. in this job. Right, because I, I imagine that you have a, a large number of uh, employees that are working for you and you have so like a large team and it, it's all about human relationship, right, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, it's really key. It's very key, yeah. 
so you, in terms of, uh, let's say, you, you mentioned a couple of, uh, of soft skills. Now, the hard skills, of course, being important. Can you mention a couple of hard skills? Like, and my, my you know, latent question in that is, yeah, do you have to be an engineer in order to have the job you have today? Good question. I would say today is not fundamental to be an engineer. Of course, at that, mo- at that time, it was a, a natural for for an engineer to say to to enter into this job and it was natural that the the first candidates the first profile was uh, the good profile was the, the engineer but uh, today because of the I would say the importance of the soft skills I would say the the, the opportunity is open to many other uh, profiles and mm-hmm. um, as I told you for sure you need some art skill you need some art skill because uh, you need to understand for example the lean manufacturing principle. You need to understand the, the key indicators, how to manage uh, the, the flow. So, but this is not so complicated to to learn. Is something that you can learn by doing. And uh, and uh, anyway, what is uh, key is the the willingness to learn and the, and the ability to stay humble and uh, to listen people. That of course, when you arrive, when you start, uh, know very, I would say, better than you, uh, what is the reality. Yeah, for sure. So now going back to when you finished your studies and you got your first job, how did you land your first job? Which is a problem that probably most of the young people will, you know, will have to face after their studies or their training. You know, I remember this was a, this was a, if you want, a a hard time for me because uh, after the Polytechnic and the military service during, during this first period, okay, so I started to look for work normally. And for a month, or a couple of months, I, I found nothing, not an answer, not an interview. So it was it was uh, the period of probably I suffered the most. Uh, my wife uh, always uh, still remembers uh, that, that that month uh, was, uh, I was really suffering. Then I, I found a temporary job in a small company. And uh, this, of course, helped me to, let's say, to, to enter in the, in the world of the job. Mm-hmm. And during this uh, first uh, this first contract, for, of course, I continued and I started to do some interviews. And finally, after a long selection process, I received the confirmation uh, confirmation that uh, I would be hired in a large industrial company. In that case, it was in the planting cooling. So from there, from, I would say from the ground, uh, I was able to, to to begin my journey. It was uh, uh, the occasion, the opportunity was uh, the first. Uh, a career day that was organized in the, in the Turing Polytechnic it was uh, absolutely by, uh, I would say, it was really a case. Yeah, it's it's not easy to, to get your first job and it could be frustrating, like, like yeah, as, you, uh, yeah, as yeah. your wife remembers. <laughs> yeah. Now, in what do you find your job interesting? Now, this could be like a $10 million question, but <laughs> mm. you, yeah, how is your job interesting? Like if someone were to decide today based on your interview that yes you know manufacturing is the way i want to go why but you know i, I think the manufacturing is a is a, a very underestimated field <laughs> it's mm-hmm. uh, okay. working, working production uh, at all levels okay from uh, business unit leader to workshop manager production manager site manager is a very interesting job every day different uh, of course, you wake up early. Of course, uh, you, uh, as I told you, you need to have uh, good soft skills because you, you need uh, to stay humble. You, you learn every day. You learn every day from people that is, uh, uh, 
would say, that are more skilled than you. And you need to coordinate uh, subjects that sometimes you, you don't know. And uh, you need to take a decision without having all the parameters. But it's a, it's a very dynamic job. And what is, is also very interesting is that uh, is, uh, the, the environment, the working environment is, uh, I would say, is uh, very positive. Mm. In, uh, in the factory and the, in the industrial organization, we look at concrete, we look at uh, facts, and uh, it's very rare. You can have, of course, a different point of view. You can, tell, you can have also discussions, but uh, there is a, how can I say, is a healthy working environment because uh, uh, the values are there and uh, the quality of relationship is uh, really uh, very good. And also there's a real result, let's say, like a concrete result that you can touch on. At yeah, the end exactly. Of and the you line. have also at the end a concrete result. And this is also, by the way, the, the reason why we speak about the manufacturing and not uh, production. Yeah, a good point. And, um, you know, we hear a lot about supply chain and all that. Can you tell me the, your relationship with supply chain in the manufacturing? It's a very interesting, very interesting uh, question because... You know, when I changed my job, so the first part of my career was really concentrated in, in the production area, in the manufacturing area. Mm-hmm. But when I changed it, at the beginning, I had a lot of difficulties because of, uh, of the supply chain. In the sense that I didn't understand why, even if I had the responsibility of a part of the supply chain, the result was, uh, was not, I would say, at the expected level. Okay, Customers yeah. were not... Uh, were not uh, so satisfied, even if uh, we made all the efforts to satisfy them. At, at the end, this uh, obliged me to to understand better. Okay, so yeah. uh, what I understood was uh, first of all that uh, production is just one uh, uh, part of the supply chain, but is of course uh, an important part. But it's just one part. So we need to look uh, upstreams and uh, downstream, and we need to collaborate with the upstream, so with the purchasing, for example, and downstream together with the customer service in order to be sure that uh, we are uh, working on the right data. Because at the end, is above all for the big organization, is is above all, uh, uh, the risk is to say to have long chain and the long chain are always, uh, uh, by definition, creating uh, creating issues, okay, for the right. customer. So uh, if we really want, want to work uh, Starting from, uh, I want to satisfy my customer from the operational point of view, we to have a short chain and a very good interaction, very strict interaction between, uh, I would say, the, the main parts of the chain. That means uh, uh, customer service, logistic, uh, production, and purchasing. It, yeah, it's not easy. I mean, uh, you, you make it sound like it's easy and maybe it's your engineering background. <laughs> But yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot to be taking um, into account. What would be like? Can you share a typical day in your life and the, man- the life of manufacturing? But as I told you, uh, in the manufacturing, normally you wake up early because you like to have, uh, I would say, the, the knowledge and the, and, the, and the comprehension of what happened during the during the day before starting to. So today I, I made some routine work until uh, 8 a.m. But by the way, I, I don't accept a meeting before 8.30. This is okay. because uh, until 8.30 I meet uh, with my team to have coffee and talk openly and informally together. Okay. After that, well, the day is about uh, formal and informal meetings 
studying and, uh, and analysis in order to develop uh, the strategic vision, because of course my role today is more strategic than, than operational, right. decision making, meeting with people, uh, visit to the plants. So normally this is, uh, let's say, the, the normal day of, uh, in, in, uh, in, my, in my life. And uh, when I'm at the office, the end of the day is a mandatory or, or, or almost mandatory for uh, 6.30 p.m., so not, not too late. When we, we went together with my, with my wife uh, and we stayed together, we go for a walk, a shopping or a bit of sport. Nice. And in that <laughs> way, uh, for, for emergence, there is still uh, the after dinner, I would say. But, and <laughs> okay. everything else can wait for tomorrow. So okay. <laughs> we try, I try to, to keep a good work-life balance because, uh, because in our job, it's, it's quite easy to, be, to become too operational. So spend a lot of time in, in, in items that are not an our level of responsibility. No, oh, it's excellent. Yeah. You know, is there something that you've learned from the past, you know, that um, the young crowd of today could be benefiting from? It's like, okay, this is something that you should know today that I've learned 20 years later. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, of course, I learned from my mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. There are there are a lot of things that I would have done differently, of course, uh, but just because I was wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> among these, uh, the few that uh, have really hurt me, and uh, by the way, um, that made me grow the most, I would say, are the mistakes that I made due to, I would say, lack of courage, if you want. So, if I have to to, to keep a to give a message, never choose uh, for your personal convenience. Then I think you can tell it. Uh, never pretend not to have seen it or something like that. So uh, never accept uh, you, I would say, to take decisions that are not uh, the right decision. And normally the right decisions are really are always clear. So mm-hmm. I, I made for sure some mistakes. Another thing that I, that I learned over the time was the fact to accept that uh, we are not unfiling uh, superheroes. So we need really to, I would say, to accept also the fact that we are that we can take a wrong decision, but more decision in complex, the more we need to take it uh, uh, collectively, because uh, this is the best way to uh, to avoid any fail. So to, to work together. Yeah, for sure. And try to solve the issue. Okay. And to take, as they have courage, is that your message as well? Uh, you know, it's courage is something that you need to show every day, I would say, because uh, a lot of uh, a lot of decisions every day that you need to, to take. Sometimes they are uh, complicated decisions, uh, complex decisions. So again, asking for not only uh, one person but uh, a collective decision, uh, working together with the team and working together with the other teams at our level. And um, this is the key for me, but also for I would say for the group I work for. Eh? Yeah. This is the key to. Uh, to face courageous and uh, and a difficult decision. I have one last question about the future. <laughs> you know, talking about the future and um, the past mistakes and the future. There's a lot going on today that's, you know, new technologies, AI and uh, cybersecurity, big data. Now, how does that affect the manufacturing world? Yeah, <laughs> I would say the industry is, is, is calling. It's calling loudly. It is a uh, as I told you, an area of work that is uh, underestimated, uh, in my opinion, due to mere ignorance. Because today, I would say, there are so many contexts that are hyper-competitive uh, with a low level of humanity. 
and uh, where the meaning is uh, by the by the end reduce it uh, to the salary. Probably I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, but not so much. Here in the industry, people should come uh, could come and and um, and work uh, helping us to accelerate the transition from a profit driven world to a world that balances profit, people, and the planet. In industry, it can be made with our once or end, I would say. Uh, this is, by the way, the way the, the reason why we call ourselves manufacturing people. We can do it concretely, as you said, as you told before, and work in a, uh, certainly in a humanly supportive and high-tech environment. And uh, speaking about high-tech, and, and uh, thank you for your question, you know, today the real mission of the industry is uh, to make innovation available to the public and create value, not just profit. Mm. So to manufacture today means not only to produce uh, using the latest, gen- latest generation of technologies, but also taking care of all the social and environmental problems that the fourth, even the fourth industrial revolution has left unsolved. Starting with the increase of inequality, pollution, fundamental human rights, democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we call the industry 5.0. And the history 5.0 is, for me, a real cultural revolution that relocates the industry in the contemporary world in which it operates. And, by the way, industry 5.0 transformation is already a reality uh, in our production side today. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, especially for such a large group uh, as as Michelin, I'm sure that you're already you know, up to speed about about this. So there's definitely also new jobs that are going to open up, I'm sure, also in the yeah, in manufacturing. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. We are looking for good talents, not only engineers, so coming from different uh, uh, areas, different profiles, but uh, we are really interested in uh, asking, uh, in, in giving opportunities to, to younger people. The young generation, yes. Young and generation. I hope... Yeah, I hope that the young generation is listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I want to thank you, Mauro, very much. Um, and our time is up, unfortunately, but uh, I wish you all the best and uh, for the next challenges with new technology, etc., in the manufacturing world. Thank you to you for the opportunity and uh, goodbye. That was Mauro Sponza, Director of Manufacturing at Michelin. I invite you to write a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast player. It will help me improve my next episodes. You can also write me directly at jobtalespodcast at gmail.com.